Meredith. This is the 20th episode of The Backup Plan, and I'm so glad to keep on trucking with you all. I'm so glad you're here to learn about this little baby I'm going to have with my gay best friend and how we're using IVF to conceive it. I guess I got to change all my bylines and everything because before it was just like, oh, haha, conception, whatever. But now it's like, no, 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 we're a full-blown IVF conversation here because I've signed paperwork. Like, we're going. The paperwork that I got was wildly long. It's like, how much of this do I read versus how much do I just sign? Because it's stuff I know, but it's just the very technical jargon of everything, you know? Um, So anyway, that came in the mail today. And by mail, I mean inbox, because nothing is physically mailed anymore, except for all the mail that I get to the former resident of this house that I live in. That's the only thing that gets delivered to me. Anyways, I hope that you guys liked last week's video episode, fully intended for today's episode to be video as well. However, just had some technical difficulties and I did not have enough time to sort them out. This week was my birthday. On Monday, I turned 39 and was out on the slope skiing. I was out on tennis courts playing tennis over the weekend. It was Meredith's old money weekend, and I had a great time doing it. I have to thank everybody who sent me beautiful birthday wishes. It really means a lot. Thank you so much. When you're out on the slopes and you're out on the tennis court, you just don't have as much time to play with podcasts, unfortunately. So I went in to do all the video stuff today, and it just Premiere Pro is just not my friend today. So we're back to audio, my old friend, and maybe I'll be able to edit some of the footage later. And you can see me and my mom, because that's this week's episode. I brought my mom back on to go over some updates of where we're at and how our feelings have evolved. A lot of the feelings that I had about IVF, I realized were pretty deeply rooted in how she felt about IVF in the past. And, you know, so much has changed not just with the science of it all, but our own perspectives. So being able to talk to her about it was really, really helpful. It's making me feel better about the whole process. We talked a little bit about the history of IVF too, because in her lifetime, this whole process was created. And, you know, now she's going to watch her daughter go through it. So, you know, I just, I, I think that's really crazy. And she worked in the medical field too. So she has a more interesting perspective, I think, on, again, the evolution of it. In terms of my own updates and where I'm at, no more tests this week. What we're waiting for is Michael's genetic testing to come through. It should be in the next day or two. They had a backlog, I guess, through the holidays. Perhaps there was a rush to check out genetic abnormalities, you know, for the holidays. Nothing says happy holidays more than hey, baby, you're a carrier of this disease. Beyond that, he's getting his semen analyzed again. And the last time we did that, we used a company called Fellow, which he hadn't ever tested before. So he just followed the directions and had a fine time with it. This time he got a test from Legacy. I guess that's the company that Kind Body works with, at least on this side of the country. And he said that it was so much easier. But unfortunately, if you follow on Instagram, you will see that FedEx didn't deliver in time what he had provided. And so they had to destroy it. And now he has to do it again. So thanks, FedEx. You remain terrible. Anyway, we'll go ahead and jump into this episode now. Remember, follow on Backup Plan Pod on Instagram, trying to get some more TikTok content up and, you know, check 
the YouTube channel as well. Just search Backup Plan on YouTube and you can find the stuff that I'm starting to post there. And I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to listen, rate, review, subscribe. Everything's appreciated. Thank you guys and enjoy today's episode. So I decided to bring you on this week because I feel like a lot has changed since we last had you on. Like I had just kind of publicly made the announcement to friends and of course people on the podcast too that I was going to be having a baby on my own, but now I'm going the IVF route and there's been some testing done and you've certainly had a long time to sit and think about all of this. So I just wanted to kind of start with mom. Where are you at on this? How do you feel about everything? Well, I always think of it this way. We make plans and the gods that are out there somewhere laugh at us and say, "Mm -mm, not that way. So things change. Okay. But like, how do you feel about, it was sort of like newer information when I first talked to you, but now that it's been quite a few months, how are you feeling? I'm just waiting to see what happens next. I know you've got, you're a great planner and and waiting for it to all get done. And I'm more or less saying, just wait and see what happens next. Excited. I mean, babies are great little, oh, just coming home to this little baby here. It's exciting. Yeah. For a Babies little bit of exciting. for a little bit of context, my mom was with me after we did our whole holiday trip. She was here in California through Christmas and she just went back to Florida and is spending time with how how many months old is Phoebe now? Almost four months. Almost I mean months. three and a half months. Yeah. March is three and a half years. She's three and a half months. We yeah. talked about that the other day. Oh, to Mars. Mars and I. I mean that's anticlimactic. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you should have more feelings about everything. I um, I'm always one of these people that kind of waits to see what happens. I don't ever want to jinx anything. Mm-hmm. So kind of just waiting to see what happens next. And I will be very excited to have a little tiny baby in my arms. You may never get to hold it. Well, that's not you true. realize that's not true. No. Yeah occasionally so you don't have any new thoughts about <laughs> the entire process this is just like well we'll just wait and see no okay the process was you planned on oh were you and michael we're just going to get together and get out the old turkey baster and you were going to get pregnant but i think we found out um that kind body mm-hmm. says oh you know we have rules and regulations and federal rules and regulations and time restraints I think you you have always been an impatient. Well, it's I have the time restraints. Like I don't, I I it's my body that's got the timer on it. And I mean, kind body does. But, there but, are some regulations that they have, but like it is. Yeah, but they're saying you know we have to wait six months for that, and you have to have this test and that test. And then I think you're you're never one who likes to wait. You've never you always when you want something you want it. When I yeah. know what I want, I want to go after it. But. Also, yeah. I don't. I don't have to do all of all of those tests. I'm deciding to do those tests because I like. Right. We don't have to do the genetic testing, but I feel like it's prudent and mm-hmm. a better spend of time and money to get that stuff done. Yeah, and you have. I mean, you have the luxury of having that done. When I got pregnant, it was just oh, you're pregnant. 
Do you want to do amniocentesis? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to terminate this pregnancy? Those are the two questions I got asked. You were asked if you know. Do you want to do this testing? For clarity, so, can you just share with folks who might not, might not know what amniocentesis is? If they take a big long needle and they stick it into your tummy, I think you have to be like four or five months along. So it's Mm -hmm. not done early. Mm -hmm. And then they draw out amniotic fluid and they send it away to test it. Mm -hmm. And then they decide at that time, whatever they could find through testing, whether you had any genetic problems or the baby had any problems. I don't think it was as extensive as the genetic testing you went through. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that, they say, well, do you want to keep the baby or not? Yeah, it was certainly a lot easier for me to just, uh, I think they did it through blood work. For Michael, it was just spitting in a cup. So that was a mm-hmm. slightly easier than a needle in the belly. Yeah. Well, over 30 years ago, they, you know, they didn't do that. And then it was, well, you know, if we do amniocentesis and there's something wrong, are you going to terminate? Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, you're already like four or five months along. And I just, I rolled the dice and said, no, I'm not going to do it. No matter what, I'll, I'm going to take care of the baby no matter what. So. Right. Yeah. Well, your circumstances were different too. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a, a severely supportive husband and we were, you know, had a double income at that time. So <laughs> yeah. it's a lot mm-hmm. easier than it is now <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that if you had the option to do the kinds of easy genetic testing that I've done, is that something you would have looked at? Or wait, let me rephrase it. Because like I said, you were in a totally different circumstance with dual income and like a supportive husband. If you were in my position, would you do all the testing that I'm doing? I would, yeah. I wouldn't just chance it, take it for chancing, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. If it was back then, would you have done it? No, because the only option I had was the amniocentesis. Right, and I but I'm saying if it existed back then. I don't know. I guess I'd have to go back in time. That's what I'm asking you to do. Time travel, Janie. I'm time traveling back. Um, I, I guess my only answer could be maybe, because I don't really know. Right. Yeah. You've always- I mean, since it's not, uh, and this is also pre-pregnancy. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Rather than getting pregnant and then finding out, oh, you've got these major genetic flaws and you shouldn't have a baby. Right. Now that it's already conceived. So, yeah. Yeah. Before pregnancy, a good idea. Yeah. I mean, so you haven't done the testing that I did. So you don't know what you're a carrier of. Are you interested in knowing where your genetic abnormalities align with mine? I don't know. I'm so interested to see where the Tay Sachs comes from. The Tay Sachs of it all. Oh. Well, you want me to spit in a cup for you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Michael did. Prove your allegiance. <laughs> spit in a cup, bend thy knee. If Michael will spit in the cup, I will spit. <laughs> it's just really weird because I've done the ancestry. Yeah. And nothing of the genetic flaws from where I come from pop would pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to have So I don't know I don't know where I don't know where it came from, you know. And when I look back I say like your my cousin Kathy, first cousin or mothers or sisters. 
she has found out that she has Ashkenazi Jewish heritage. I don't have it in mine. Mm-hmm. So it didn't. And we both did ancestry. Um, and again, the only thing I can think of is what I told you when I looked up um, the Cajun people coming down from Canada mm-hmm. or of French origin, which is right next to Baden Baden. Right. Maybe that's where it came from. Who right. knows? I don't know if we can test. Can we test your father's? Can we test his DNA? Could I find DNA from him? I don't know. You keeping some on ice somewhere? <laughs> I could probably find a hairbrush with hair in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of time traveling, um, I did a little research, mm-hmm. and the first in vitro baby was born in 1978. There's an interesting page on Wikipedia about you know, the history of it. And the first the first person to extract an intact fertilized egg was a woman, which is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. one of the first, and that was back in the, let me see here. That was in 1948. And then in 1973, a group from Monash University, um, they were able to do in vitro fertilization. And Monash University is the um, same school that did all the research on FODMAP, which is the diet, the elimination diet Mm. I did for my stomach problems. So they're really doing some work there in Australia. Uh, You know, I bring all this up because you were born in 1949. And all of this work that has been done has been done in the span of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Do you remember watching the news and like hearing about the first test tube baby? Which is funny because she wasn't in a test tube; it would have been in a petri dish. But test tube baby, I guess. Right, right. I do remember that. I remember hearing about it on the news, and you know, wow, that's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing that they can extract an egg out of a woman. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, those are little tiny things, and that they were able to to get it out and then fertilize it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Do you remember having any thoughts about it beyond that? Like, No, just, it was a threshold of science and I was working in medicine at the time. Yeah. So it was like, wow, look what they're able to do. Where were you working at the time? Were you working in the ER or? In 19, I was probably working 19, what, 78. Mm -hmm. I was probably working in West Virginia in a hospital, general x-ray. So you remember hearing about that then. Do you remember the first time that you encountered somebody that utilized fertility medication or used IVF? Well, I just know that a lot of women were going through, you know, fertilization, taking lots of hormones, um, trying to conceive. I don't think I ever knew anybody who ever um, had in vitro. Do you... Do you wonder if maybe you did though? Because I feel like now I'm doing a podcast about this and it's fine and people think it's cool, but I would imagine that it was not as uh, maybe it was a more secretive taboo. Yeah. To talk about it. Do you like, yeah, because I think women back in those days, it was like, Oh, I can't have a child. Yeah. I'm, I'm less of a woman. Well, even on this most recent season of Real Housewives of New York, Jessel, the one that annoys me, um, she, <laughs> she, her, it's it's part of her family's culture that she couldn't conceive, and she was really worried about what her parents would think about that, and didn't even tell them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, growing up Catholic, you're not supposed to even use for any kind of fertility drugs. Mm-hmm. You're you're not supposed to use birth control or fertility drugs. Everything is supposed to be just au naturel. Right. Yeah. You know what's funny? And uh, in this uh, article, there is a note about the Pope. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me see. Let me find it. Let me find it. Oh, so I was I was reading about um, Louise Brown was the first baby to be born. I remember the name Louise. She's 45 now. Wow. That's all. And then she had a sister named Natalie, and Natalie gave birth to the first baby. Like, she was the first test tube baby to have a baby, which was a big deal. And then it says in here that in 1978, when Asper's reaction to the birth um Cardinal Albino Luciani, later Pope John Paul I, expressed concerns about the possibility that artificial insemination could lead to women being used as baby factories. Oh, which is, I, I'm glad he was concerned about that. <laughs> not something the Catholics are usually concerned about. They typically but he's like also that. the Pope that like dropped dead just after a few months of being Pope. Oh. All the news of the world was too much for him. It was too much. Um, but he said that he wouldn't condemn the parents because they just wanted to have a baby. Oh. And then it also says that the Browns, uh, Louise's parents, knew that the procedure was experimental, but doctors did not tell them that no case had yet resulted in a baby. So mm. that has raised in questions of informed consent. Were they from Australia? No, uh, Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. And she's had two babies since then. Yeah, I just bring that all up because it's wild that, like, the first IVF baby is not much older than me. Really Mm -hmm. isn't that much older than me. So I know the world kind of moves at a rapid pace, but I wonder how your ideation about all of this has kind of evolved. Because we've talked about it in the past And I think a lot of the feelings that I have about IVF have come out of maybe even just like passing comments that we had when I was really young that like, well, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And now that my ideology is changing on all this, and maybe it even hasn't even fully changed. I think it's a, it's a living document, so to speak, but I just wonder what your personal thoughts on it have been and if they are evolving too. I think my biggest worry about the whole thing were all, was all the hormone shots, mm-hmm. you know, to get stimulation of egg growth and then uh, more homo- hormones to make your uterus a comfortable place for a baby. And I think that worried me about being pumped with that many hormones. It worries me. You know, I, I, yeah. yeah. And then we had the conversation with your doctor where she says, oh, no, you know, no more higher incidence of uh, breast cancer or uterine cancer. Or I get, I don't know. Did you tell us anything about infantile complications? I no, think she mentioned I mean, I've read, I've read some stuff and it's not, it's hard because there's always uh, issues with birth and it's hard to kind of nail yeah. down. I mean, it's amazing when you look at it, how, any normal quote normal child is ever born right after working especially in a hospital that dealt with um, a lot of congenital anomalies yeah um it's like wow how did how did you have a normal child you know i guess i i'm flowing more 
I'm going more with the flow because mm-hmm. in this world one has to. I mean, think of when I was young. Um, even when I was your age, we didn't have cell phones. You know, we didn't have the internet. And look how far it's come. And yes, I use it every day. You got to go with the flow. If things, if, if some great, uh, I, I don't want to say God, but a, a, something greater than us in the universe is making it possible for us to do things in science, why not go with it? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt too, is like, if it's if the ability to do it is there and you're using it ethically and responsibly, mm-hmm. then you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? So I... Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah, if there are people out there who are abusing this situation and, you know, just making babies for the sake of, you know, turning women into baby factories, um, then that's not right. All right, Pope. (laughs) Yeah. If you're responsible and and that's the way to go and it's the quickest way right now and you don't want to waste any time, go with it. Well, and I've thought to... I've been listening to different podcasts from different single mothers. I was listening to on my drive today, um, one called the single greatest choice. And uh, it's a woman named Katie. She does retreats and stuff for single mothers, which I think is very cool. And I very much looking forward to doing it. Uh, Her, one of her more recent episodes, she interviewed this woman named Kiara, Kiara, Kiana. I'll have to look it up. I'll include it in the description in the show notes, but she is a donor conceived child. She's 25, 26 now. And she wrote a book about what it was like to be donor conceived. And, you know, for me, I haven't wanted to do the donor thing, but then listening to her lifestyle, I was like, Oh, maybe that would be cool though. I don't know because what she did. And I'd love to read the book now is that she went back and she found her father and she did a DNA testing. And I think she's found like 20 or something brothers and sisters that she has Mm -hmm. and what a like strong bond they all have. And she's like, one of my sisters, like if you cut our hair, like you wouldn't be able to tell us apart. We look exactly alike. And it's funny though, because her brother is also conceived from the same sperm but he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Like he's fine not knowing them. And that, you know, the, the conversation brought up a lot of different perspectives for me, but also thinking about if I do want to have a sibling, like this woman, her mother had her at 41 and her brother at 43 or vice versa or something. Um, Which reminds me that like, I'm not, my shelf life isn't done. Like maybe the milk isn't that fresh, but it's not curdled yet. (laughs) Look at Janet Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she has a little bit more money to do a little bit more uh, work than I do. She she delivered in her fifties. Yeah. Um, But it's made me think that like, if I can make embryos now and have another one on reserve ready to go, like another couple on reserve ready to go, you know? to just take the opportunity to do it now. You know, I think that's who knows if I, who knows how quickly I'll want siblings if I want well, does, or anything. Does science do doctors now just implant one embryo and say, let's go. I think so. Because they used to like implant like eight of them. Yeah. I wouldn't want it. And then see no. how many blossomed. 
Yeah. And then you would have, then you have the problem of, do you want to terminate some of those embryos from growing any further? Yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I don't, that's no. A lot of women I have, do too. Yeah, have done too. My cousin had two. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got twin boys. That feels like a heads or tails situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. if they both come through, yeah. you can handle it, but it's not, it's, but it's if, not if eight of them all sperm are all, they all pop. <laughs> whatever yeah. i think that's very i think that's the technical term thank you yeah <laughs> that's a litter of babies it that is that is mm-hmm. so i've been really happy with kind body and one of the reasons why i was excited excited is not the right word that's uh glad that you were here when you were was that you were able to come to their location i won't call it an office because mm-hmm. it very much is not it's just it's just that RV. <laughs> Reminded me of our trip cross country. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm so jazzed and tickled by the experience I'm having there. What was your perspective? Because you haven't ever gone to a fertility appointment. I've only been to a couple and really I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a pro by comparison, but not a pro yet because mm-hmm. I'm going to be going to that office like every day. What was your opinion of that whole experience? I think that they were very kind kind body group of ladies mm-hmm. and i think they're a very helpful group i think they'd be there to back you and help you get through this whole thing um they weren't terribly clinical yeah you know they were more friendly like hey you're our friend come on in we'll help you have a baby as opposed to you know come in here and sign your insurance papers you know lay on the table get out of here I'm going to ask you a question, and I think your answer is already going to be, I didn't have any expectations, but <laughs> what did you expect going there? <laughs> well, you had told me, you showed me the one office in a, a mall that we went to. Yeah, they have one at Century City. Um, it looked like a really nice place, you know, like they had put thought into um, building a facility. Mm-hmm. Now, going down to the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> camper, whatever you want to call it, is different, but the people are, are have that same, give that same feeling mm-hmm. of we're here to help you make a baby. Yeah. 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 And like when you said to them, I just want, I just want a baby. And they went, well, IVF is faster. Yeah. I mean, they gave you that option. Yeah. They didn't say, well, no, let's try the IUI and we'll see what happens. And if that doesn't work, then we'll consider something else. I mean, they gave you the option up front. Yeah. Were you surprised that I changed my tune as quickly as I did? This was pretty quick. Yes and no. <laughs> because you always want things done quickly. When you took piano lessons, you wanted to be able to play concertos the second week. You know? I know. I just wanted to be able, I just wanted to play with the foot pedals. Yeah. That well, was my big play. thing. I really wanted a well, foot pedal. If, that she, takes had, a little if while. she had let me use the foot pedals, I might have. I might have kept lessons. playing piano. I might be playing concertos now. Playing concertos now. All but I wanted she, to do. You know, <laughs> That's you, though. You know, you want but, something, you want it. You... But I've wanted a baby for a really long time, and I'm 38, so I don't think that statement always holds. Yeah, well, you were looking in the wrong place to get a baby made. <laughs> yeah, a heterosexual man. <laughs> For me, it's the wrong. Thing. I don't. I don't know. If, 
Um, I'm going to keep my mouth quiet. No, say it. And just after seeing the men you've met out there, it's like, what's happened to men nowadays? <laughs> yeah. Either they're great and they're gay, or they're great and they're married, or they're great and they've run away. You always envisioned for me a pretty typical, I mean, when you say always, I mean up until, you know, mid-20s. I would say before I moved out here. I remember one of the reasons I felt okay about moving out here, not that I should be looking to you as a barometer for all of my choices in life, but it's difficult not to the way I was raised. One of the reasons I decided I wanted to move out here to California, one of the reasons I decided it was time for me to do it was I remember asking you, you know, you were unhappy about the choice that I was making. And, you know, rightfully so you wanted me to have more money saved up and (laughs) me too. Um, But you said to me, that like your perfect idea for like my life was to um, marry a man in finance. And I asked you where I would meet him and you told me improv classes, which I was like, that's a interesting. You said this. Don't make that face at me. Yeah. You were like, I think you should marry a guy in finance. And I was like, where am I going to meet somebody? Like, where do you expect you to meet to meet that person in Orlando? And you were like, well, they have improv classes downtown. And I was like, excuse me, what? And <laughs> it might have happened. <laughs> there's, a multi, you there's a multi. You didn't take that road. Where that's happening. You didn't take that road. I yes. did not. I did not take that road. That didn't seem like the most efficient that course. poor bank. Um, that poor, that poor banker is just zip zaps up in his way all over downtown Orlando. He's waiting for you. He's <laughs> saying, "Where's my woman? She was supposed to be here." I'll take a suggestion life. from the audience. Where is she? And now I don't date guys in comedy, so there you go. See. But you also wanted me to live in a house in downtown Windermere, which uh, no knocking on that. It's a very very pretty area. Right. Um, I'd like to live down there. And you wanted to be baking cookies in like a big kitchen overlooking the lake with children I'd uh, improvised with a banker. Well, that's why I wanted you to have a guy in finance because you need somebody who makes good money to own a house in downtown Windermere overlooking the lake. And when that's where Versailles is. <laughs> when you told me that that was your like vision for me, I was like, Okay, I don't feel bad about moving to California anymore because it just like did not align at all with what I wanted to do. And I was like, no matter what, like that sounds like a nice life, but it also sounds like wildly boring. And it's just like was not what I wanted. And so I felt confident and safer moving out here. I would have felt safer with more money, but wouldn't we all? I have a very, very different life now. I mean, I, I hesitate to say, are you... Are you happy with where I've landed? But, and and so many circumstances have changed since then. Like, obviously, like the death of a spouse and a father uh, changes a lot and like really changes your perspective. And you said having breast cancer in the past, although that had happened before your um, improv banker vision, that kind of changed a lot of things for you. Like I said, I don't want to ask if you're like, <laughs> are you proud of me, mom? But like, with where I've landed, like, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) 
I'm proud of the fact that you will go out and do stuff like that. Like you will take off on your own. You won't say, oh, I can't do it. I'm a frail woman. You know? So it's been, you've had a hard life out there. It hasn't been easy, mm-hmm. but you kept pers- persevering. I wish more pers- people had listened to you and found out what a good employee you would have been. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. But it's going to. Things will work out. Um, but you keep persevering. And that's all we can do in life and get through life. I would have liked to have you to have a very easy life. And that's why I wanted you to be with the banker on the lake in Lake Windermere with a Mercedes or a you know, Range Rover or whatever in the garage. But it's, that's a different, like you said, it's a different universe. Yeah. You're doing well in this universe. Thanks. I mean, I know you want to go further. Yeah. And I, it bothers me that you can't go further because, and there's nothing I can do to make you go further. Yeah. We're working on it. And that's We're a hard thing it. for a parent when um, you want your kid to do well, but you can't do anything to make it happen. Yeah. 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 Like, I'd like to call your boss and tell him how good you are. <laughs> well, I think he knows. I just want to call your boss and say, give her a bigger raise. You know, yeah. Your yeah. news phone number. I will. <laughs> do you do you think that you will be I don't know how to phrase this without it sounding like pedestrian. Do you think that you're gonna be satisfied? Of course like of course you will. This is not this is not the way to phrase it. I don't know how to like express the emotion I'm trying to convey, but is baking cookies in a rancher in Anaheim as exciting, more exciting? than watching children in Windermere whose father is at, is at the sack comedy lab <laughs> with his like tie. He might be a very like, funny father. Who knows? With his tie like pulled down a little bit, just uh yes anding all over town. I, I think I would like to see that sitcom. I <laughs> well I'll start pitching it. But <laughs> it will it will be sad. grandchildren are, you know, like this you use the word blessing uh, that you never expected. It's like, you know how I tell you something, well, you won't know until you're a parent. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until I became a grandparent, mm-hmm. you know, what grandchildren are. And, but I have that to continue to look forward to. So right. if I'm baking cookies in Anaheim, that's fine. If I'm baking cookies in LA or Los Feliz or, you know, uh, Larchmont, that's fine too. I'm going to take what I get and love every minute of it. I guess, I guess what I mean to ask then is like, this is better than that vision to me. Do you think Mm -hmm. that the direction, I mean, you know, when you go see a movie and you can tell what's coming, it's kind of like not as satisfying Uh as like the surprise ending. And I guess that's what I mean to ask is like, this is not what you expected, but like, are you loving it? But I might have a surprise ending. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a surprise ending. I might marry that improv banker after all. He might be listening to this very podcast. (laughs) Wait a second. I've emerged from the multiverse. (laughs) He might, who knows? Uh, Yeah. 
I take each moment as they come and enjoy each one and learning to enjoy each moment. Like, I can't believe the time from your birth until now. Like, where did all those years go? And I, I should have taken more time with each moment I had um, to enjoy each one. I'm glad to hear you say that. And I did. I enjoyed your growing up, but I still look back and say, what happened? How did it go by so fast? Mm-hmm. So I try to take each moment now with each grandchild and enjoy each one. I'm glad to each hear Each little that. smile, each little silly question, you know. How do you think life is going? Are you happy with what's happening now? Uh, which part? All of it. Everything. All of it. Job, house, baby, friends, everything. Job? Eh, we'll see. The next month kind of determines that. Um, friends? Yes. Better about friends than I felt in a while. Um, I feel supported and loved, and I am not at all concerned that I won't have support in this because I just I know that there's going to be a, a a train of people supporting in some way or another. Um, baby, I I don't know. I just felt like you know last week when I had that test, which I brought you in for. I guess that was my the other question I had about the kind body was like what you thought about the testing I went through because you'd mentioned that you know, you never went through that testing. And I think you were kind of surprised at how they didn't have it back then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, baby wise, like that moment felt very like, okay, this is the thing, you know, it's just one of those moments in life where you realize like this period of time, like this moment that's just happened has shifted things. And yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I saw a light bulb t- turn on when they said that to you. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, like that is an option. Yeah. Got to think about that one. Well, I didn't think my I, tubes weren't going to bubble. Well, I'm not worried about your bubbling tubes. Um, my biggest concern is the fact that baby daddy is how many miles away? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we get all this stuff together? And I mean, you keep flying up there, but is it necessarily going to be the exact right time? You know, I had, my donor was in the room next door, you know, you just kept him. In <laughs> he was working in his office, working in his office down the hall. And I could just say, hmm, it's that time. Yeah. So, you know, it's harder for you because you're, he's so far away, but we could do the same. And then it was like him freezing it and using it to do IUI. Like I can, do that yeah but you're not going to be sure that it's gonna take you know it's a little bit more sure because they do you can do the trigger shots you know okay now i am Mm. ovulating it's go time um there are possibilities to make it a little bit more insurable not guaranteed but in Mm -hmm. assurable insurable well i guess there are no guarantees are there there are no guarantees on any of this you know i've had friends uh you know friends of mine who've done iui and it worked right away and so that is exactly uh-huh. the same that's the same procedure so i could do that and then other friends that it hasn't yeah so. 
So I could yeah. do that around, but and we're counting, we're ticking off the months then. That's what I mean. And I feel like I've been ticking off the months. So because I decided to do this a year and a half ago, I could have a, you know, year old baby at this point, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm feeling pressure about it right now, um, which I'm trying not to. It's really hard to like feel to, to, to work quickly to do what needs to be done while you can do it, but to not feel too much pressure, but to be Mm -hmm. prudent, but not to get too worked up. And like, it just feels like, you know, don't think positively, but prepare yourself for the worst. (laughs) It's hard. Once you make that decision of, I want to have a baby now, it's like, wait a minute, it didn't happen today, you know? Oh, it's another month gone by. Well, wait a minute. I, I said two months ago that I wanted to do this. And it's even harder for you just because of the method that you're using. The serendipity, yeah. it, the lack of serendipity in it is uh, just a little upsetting. I just want it to be a little bit more um, up to up to the powers that be part of the conversation that I heard in this podcast episode today was they were talking about feeling selfish for choosing to become a single mother. Um, And that like saying, I want a baby is a selfish choice. And I feel selfish for doing this. And I do. I had a long, uh, I had a long conversation with Julian the other day about feeling selfish and doing things that you purely you want to do. It's not like I need to go buy milk or I need to fill up my car with gas. It's like, this is something I want. This is the choice I'm making for my life. And I've made plenty of those choices. I'm going to move to California. I want to, uh, eating sushi tonight is not nearly as drastic as like moving cross country, but (laughs) you know, I've made, the example that they brought up on the podcast was like choosing to live in a single family home. That's a selfish choice. You could live in an apartment that's more efficient and stuff, but you got to do the things that you like in life if you can. But it really does. It's kind of can of worm thinking the further you go down the track of like. Well, is is it not selfish for a couple to say we want to have a child? Uh, I mean, you're 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 making you're putting your decision on this unformed, unknown thing that's going to become a human being right you could be two really horrible parents and say we want to have a baby right and have a baby like i i knew parents you know in in our situation that had babies just because that's what you do right and they weren't great parents yeah but that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to get married and buy a house and have a baby right so is that not a selfish decision too. I mean, it's not just you having a single child. That's what's more selfish. selfish. It, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's not selfish. It's a decision that you're making, and hopefully, the what you create is going to say thank you. That was what was really thank cool you for about, making me. That was what was really cool about this interview was it was a woman who's 26 years old and was donor conceived, and she's like, "Here is how my mother prepared us the whole way, and here's the language that she used." And, you know, her mother sounded really cool, like somebody who really worked, not worked hard to give them. I mean, maybe she did. I should read the book, but really set them up for success. And 
she talked about how some of her brothers and sisters that she has now met, they didn't know that they were donor conceived until like later in life. And then they had a lot of resentment. They had a lot of issues about that and stuff. So I think part of the reason I want to check this book out is to have a little bit of a roadmap and learn a little bit of the language that has been road tested for somebody who's well adjusted. You're lucky too that you have somebody that's pretty much already part of our family. Yeah. You know, it's not that it's going to be a total stranger. Right. That some child is going to have to look up and say, you know, I hope whoever I find on the end of my journey is somebody I want in my life. Yeah. Where he's already going to already be in their life. Yeah. It'd be, it's like being stuck with your father, you know, he was yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And I'm not, I don't think there's any lack along the way of anything. Like this is a much nicer house than, you know, a large percentage of the human population is raised in. And, you know, I already have like a litany of like fun little classes and stuff or places I want to take a baby and they've already got two onesies in the other room. So, you know, it's like, there is a lot more preparation. I've had so many friends tell me like, you're more prepared to have a kid than a lot of people I know. So it's still selfish, but it's like selfish with planning. (laughs) It's selfish, but it's going to put a lot of work on you. you Yeah. It's not going to be like, Oh, I just added a baby. No, there's going to be like dirty diapers and vomit. And just like with the cats. I'm already prepared then. <laughs> Promise. Mm-hmm. Pee, poop, and puke. I I hope this baby pees on the floor less than the cats do. You can put a diaper on them. Yeah. Until this potty training time. But. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you being here because you have undiagnosed COVID at the moment. So yeah. The second you got back to Florida, people started testing positive for COVID around you. And now you have the kind of COVID that I had where... There's no, there are a ton of symptoms, but you're negative. Yeah. As I cough away here and uh, sniffle and yeah, just want to go to sleep. Do you, before we go, because I'm going to start this next month. So you're not going to be here for that. How Mm -hmm. do you feel about that? I wish I could be there, but there are things here that unfortunately I have to handle. Mm -hmm. Not Fun stuff. Maybe it'll be fun when it all gets done and I'll be happy. If anybody wants to buy a house. Two. There's two here. Come yeah. call me. <laughs> yeah. I watched some YouTube videos last night about the IVF process and I was like, this is going to be tough to do alone, but I don't think you'd want to give me shots. So I think I, I think I would, I don't think I'd want somebody else to give me shots. I think I'm going to have to do it myself anyway. I had to do them on your father, but the good thing about that was he didn't feel on one side so I could stick them and I knew it didn't hurt. Yeah. He, he had an accident when he was younger for context, everybody. He had an accident when he was younger. So he had a sort of uh, numbness on the one side of his body. I'm nervous about. I don't, I'm not nervous about sticking myself. I'm nervous about sticking myself and then it hurting and me like, continuing to do it to myself like especially the the for the egg retrieval i think that one is more um intramuscular and so that means i'm gonna have to stick myself fine i can do that but once i do that and it hurts not pulling it right back out immediately and you know yeah well the needles that you can use nowadays are a lot finer nope so. nope not for some of these 
like for the progesterone, the progesterone um, that you have to do before um, the procedure or the. Well, you find out all the gauges and I'll let you know how bad they are. I know they're bad. Carly just told me Uh, somebody didn't listen to last week's podcast. No, somebody did. But also when you're giving yourself needles, it's going to seem a lot worse. Just find out the gauges. It doesn't matter I mean, if it's what nice they are, 20... then it seems worse. Then it's worse. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. It's fine. I'll do it. I've done worse, I think. What's worse that I've done? I'll be good about it. I'll do it. I know you will. Yeah. You always say, it's not, if it doesn't hurt, it wasn't worth it. God, Meredith. Do I say that? Yeah, when you get a massage, you go, you want it to really rub hard. Yeah. <laughs> And hurt your muscles because then you know it was worth it. I'm such a glutton for punishment. What's wrong with me? So maybe you may enjoy this. Uh, Anyway, Hmm. any parting words? Oh, I have parting words. Happy birthday almost. Oh, yeah. I'll post this. It'll be after my birthday. But yeah, I can't say I'm 38 anymore after this podcast. Yeah. Almost happy birthday. January 15th. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Thank you. Love you, Mom. Don't fall down and get hurt. Don't break anything. Okay, I'm going for context. I feel like I just have to constantly say for context, Mom, you can't change subjects like this in a podcast. You have to stay on target. You asked me for my party. The Backup Plan is created, produced, and hosted by me, Meredith Kate. Julian Hagens is my co-producer. You can find us on social media at Backup Plan Pod. The best place to get updates is to sign up for our newsletter at BackupPlanPod.com, where we also post all episodes, show notes, and transcripts. Thank you for listening. Bye.